Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I am one of your hosts, uh, RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. It's glad to be back, my man. Um, man, listen. Had a little mini I, vacation that was much needed, and it's good to be back in the I, city I, and back on the podcast, man. I know we got a lot to talk about today. I had to bust this whole thing out on Sunday, and Sunday made me realize how important uh, having somebody to bounce this off of on Sunday is. I was like a dog on Inferno, but I couldn't go berserk because it was just me. So if I was on here just ranting, I would have looked berserk. So I need you to be here on Sundays from here on out. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'll try my best from here on out. So ain't no more vacations, dog. So how was yeah. uh how was how was it out west, man? Everything was good, man. I didn't do a whole lot. I, I did just a lot of relaxing, to be honest with you. Well, good. Uh, That's important. Yeah, didn't do did a little bit of gambling, you know, mostly just betting on a few games here and there. Did okay. I won more than I lost, which is always a good thing. Caught a show. Um, saw what the uh, uh, Michael Jackson, the, the Cirque de Soleil. Oh, the one? The one? Yeah, the one. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, I, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's a great show. Great that's show, dope. man. Just the, the, the choreography, the athleticism, man. They put a lot of work into that. And it runs. Absolutely. It's a seamless show, man. It's those are those those performers are are fantastic. I don't even know how they do that stuff. Like, how do you find out you can do that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's, that's right. Right, that's it's just seamless, stuff. man. Like, it, and the show just like it's a nonstop show, and they got to change costumes, come back out. You know, they're doing acrobatics and everything. So, if you're ever in Vegas, or if the Sergey Soleil ever comes to your town, um, oh, somebody no, have no. different themes. You know, hey, definitely. I was just getting ready to say the crazy part about Cirque, Cirque du Soleil is that they do like it's when my wife was out there a couple of years back when I was working in Vegas, we saw one one day and then we saw another one the next day and they were totally different shows, totally different like scenes and like to see the changing of the scenes around the actors and then seeing the actors move off and go down into the floor and then come from the top and like it's so much happening, you don't even like you're like, wow, what? And I'm not even a big show person. So for me to be like tripping on this stuff is crazy because I'm kind of one of those guys. The whole time she was there, she was like, Oh, I, I booked us a show. And I'm like, for what? And then I get to the show and I'm like, I'm in the show like this. Right. Like, yeah, like you, you're guaranteed to be entertained. Even if that's not your cup of tea, yeah, you will be entertained. But uh one quick story, man. I thought I was going to federal prison <laughs> while I was there. So I mean, my flight, prison, bro? yeah, federal prison, because my flight yesterday didn't leave till midnight. Had to check out the Airbnb by 11, man. So had a whole day to kill, literally a whole day to kill. So I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. let, like, let's go see the Hoover Dam. Ain't that far, all right? So, but before the end, you know, my sister was like, man, bring me something back. I know what she meant by bring her something back. So I went to the cannabis store, got some gummies, threw it in the back seat, right? I ain't thinking nothing of it. It's legal there. So we drive into the to the Hoover Dam, get to the security checkpoint, and I was they was like, um, you got a little marijuana in the back seat, huh? And I was like, yeah, it's just gummies. It's like, uh, you know, this this is a federal um, property. I was like, I had no idea the Hoover Dam was on federal property. It was like, yeah, this is legal 
in Nevada, but it's not legal on federal property. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm about to go <laughs> That is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. I didn't know that Hoover Dam was federal. I did. I really did. I thought it was just a tourist attraction. I didn't know it was. It was. Federal it was property. federally funded. It's called Hoover. You know who Hoover is? Yes, I do. <laughs> but it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, it was cool about it. They were. They were laughing. They were laughing like the. the they were laughing the whole time. They was like, "Look, man, just go up here." He gonna have That's you turn around. They were, they were <laughs> laughing. I was like, man, I'm from out of town. I didn't even know it was that serious. It was like, look, just go. He was like, man, turn around, go put it somewhere, and come back, and you good. Man, you know, I like I didn't even know. But the That's first thing, bro. the first thing that crossed my mind, I was like, man, I came all the way to Las Vegas. I'm about to go to jail. Sister, <laughs> too, by the way, with some gummies. Your sister right. gonna be like, damn, I ain't tell you to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we That's just drove back. Yeah, they they were they were laughing the whole time. They were like, Look, these I idiots. know they were. Like, what <laughs> idiot? Yo, you didn't know this was federal. <laughs> he he right spotted back. it. He spotted it off rip. Because it's sitting in the back seat. But, but it's, but it's in, a, in a concealed back. It's like in a in a. They knew what that is. They, you know how many of those he's probably already seen? Right. This ain't his I first. Mean, as soon as we pulled up, that's the first thing he saw. He was like, oh, no. Man, you got to go ahead and turn around. That's classic, bro. That's classic, man. That is classic. Yeah, it was um, hilarious. So, but other than that, man, I'm saying I had a, had a good time. And so we go ahead. I we, You know, you didn't get my thoughts on the game. So, so, um, so yeah, let's uh, on this on this opening night of the NBA. That's why I got my Cavs shirt on today. Just kind of supporting, uh, you know, the start of a new season. Uh, go Cavs! The Cavs didn't change their names, did they? They still the Cavs. No, they're still Cavaliers. Cavaliers. Ain't no Cavaliers upset. They're they're called the Cavaliers. We good. They should change their name though. <laughs> they should change it. To the sorry ass Cavaliers, um, the, the Cleveland sorry ass Cavaliers. That, that should be their new name going forward. That is that is a subject for <laughs> for a whole other show, um, right? Apparently, look. Also, real quick. Apparently, Colin Sexton thinks that he's worth a hundred million dollars, and the Cavs don't. That's a problem, and he's probably not going to be signed by us. That's what I'm thinking. And good. And that's another story, but I'm glad. Man, I look. I went to Cavs.com today, and mm -hmm. this is one of the most trash rosters I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it makes no sense. There's no <laughs> athleticism. It's just a bunch of guys, you literally just thrown together. I mean, it's it's. I had this. I had a debate with a couple of people on Facebook the other day, and they were like, "Well, we need some direction. Bickerstaff may not be the guy," and I'm like. Pat Riley can coach this team to the playoffs. That's how bad that roster is. I was like, you can't expect it. Because they're, once again, you know how we do in Cleveland, we uh, overvalue our mediocre talent. They're like, man, we got Sexton, we got Garland, uh, we got Mobley. And I'm like, man, you know, like they, Mobley. listen, they're I like good Mobley. players. going to be nice. But we have, at this point, we have three seven-footers on the team, or three almost seven-footers on the team, not even including 
Kevin Love, who's six ten. <laughs> right. So we got Evan Mo. Evan is not a quite quite a seven footer, but he's a big guy. He's, he's like six ten. Yeah, it's a big right? man. Six ten. Uh, we have uh, Jared Allen, and then we also have uh, Taco Fall now uh, that they just signed to to a, a contract. So I, I don't see how any of that makes any sense. I'm not Kobe Altman. I'm not. I've never put together an NBA roster. However, I seem to. I tend to think that I might do as good as this. Yeah, and it's not all his fault. It's not. Uh, some, it's of, nice. some of it, he was just unlucky, um, as far as draft, you know, draft placement or whatnot. And I like Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be a good player. The problem is NBA teams don't run offenses through the big man anymore. Well. I'm fine again. I'm fine with Evan Mobley being on the team because you still need a big guy and you still need an athletic, mobile, you know, uh, right. big guy. You got to have that. My problem is uh, Kobe was there when he drafted and and signed uh, the six two and under uh, champions of the league. I mean, you had a whole team of six two and under guys. So they're still there. And, and you can't win with your backcourt being that small. You can't. And that's and, like I mean, a prime example is Portland, who actually have two great A yeah. guards, and they they won't sniff a championship. But they're but they're six three and six four. Yeah. They're too little. Um, I think what hurt the Cavs the most is that you know, during the preseason, not the preseason, but the offseason. Everybody was saying Jalen Green is going to fall to the calf. Like the Rockets wanted Mobley. And somehow, right before the draft, that flip flop, that switched. And then, and I think that um, is what killed us because we need that athletic wing guy. Um, first, first, you pull the plug on KPJ for, for various reasons. Because um, I always said that when the Cavs were rebuilding, I said Kevin Porter Jr. has the most talent. And all of the young guys that we had on the roster, and he they have to hit on him um, in order for this thing to work. They pulled a yep. plug on that. So I said, okay, this Jalen Green kid is coming out. If we get him, he can kind of fulfill that same role. And now he goes to Houston. And like I always said with the Cavs, the problem is they don't just don't have an athletic wing. We don't have enough. And we have Okoro, Okoro is kind of one, but he's too small. He's not lengthy enough. And I don't mean small here. I mean small here. Yeah, and he's more of a defensive guy. He's more of a of a Swiss Army knife type of guy. He's a guy, he, he's more of a, a glue player. He's and that's a guy what that, I mean. That's exactly you know what, what I'm saying. Mean. He's more of a guy that's going to do the, the dirty work. Yeah, he can go out and get you 20 every now and then. He's going to be a lockdown defender at some point in time. But he's not that guy. He's not the guy but that you can put on, I mean. the like team on his got, back. You spent the first round of uh, uh, lottery <laughs> on a kid that isn't – he's got the height. He was the biggest kid that we had drafted in a while. He's 6'4", 6 6'5". 6 um, so I was pleased with height-wise where we went, but he's not a long – like he's not like a, you know, one of these kids that is a six five guy, six six guy with a seven two wingspan. 
So now you're covering a lot of space and you can shoot. He can score and he's he's a he's a uh, a pretty decent ball player, but he's not anybody like you kind of what you right. are alluding to. He's not a guy that's that when you hear his name, you're not saying to yourself, oh man, he about to give us 15 every night, or he about to give us 18 every night, or he about to give us 20. He's not that kid. And you need that from a wing guy. You need to be able to look right. up and expect your wing guy not only to defend whoever is on the wing, but you also, because as 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 strong as he is and as good as he is, I know we only see LA twice a year, but imagine him against LeBron. LeBron's gonna kill this kid because LeBron is, I mean, and, and I know that LeBron is the best in the league, but what I'm saying is there's a lot of guys in the league that are similar to LeBron. So now you're playing Brooklyn. So now it's him versus KD or him versus you know what I mean? Like him versus James Harden. Can he stop James Harden? Can he slow James Harden? I don't know that he's big enough, long enough, strong enough to do that. So having him and that's it, and you didn't add to that, I think adding Evan Mobley made a little bit of sense because he is a defensive kind of guy. Having Jared Allen helps because Jared Allen is definitely a defensive guy. So I kind of see, uh, at least now, I can see a little more thought going into who they're putting in on the team. And plus, and plus Mobley was the best guy available at the time. It still don't ran. make sense though, bro. It's like it's like having, you know, when you get a when you get a a, a charcuterie board, you want to have your fruit, you want to have your crackers, you want to have your cheese, and you want it all, you know, and your meats and you want it all to make a little bit of sense. You don't want it all to be like like if you get a charcuterie board and it's got uh, jalapenos on it, and it's got uh, you know mint leaves like that. Where where is that? Where are we going with this? What are we doing? Right. It so so basically, yeah. So basically, you want to start line up with Garland and Sexton in the backcourt. You're it gonna have um, yeah. You're gonna have uh, Okoro and Mobley at the forwards and Jared Allen at center. So when you need the bucket, who's gonna go out and get the bucket? It's gonna have to be Colin Sexton. You know what I'm saying? But that's the only one, you know, you know, Garland does his thing, you know, but um, I'm, but what I'm saying is your two main guys are, you know, are barely six feet. And those are the guys you rely on in, in the crunch time all the time. It's nobody else besides those two guys who you trust to go to go get a shot. And, and now the better of the two of them. And that's, and that's the issue right there. And the better of the two of them didn't get his contract. So what do you think right. he's going to do when it gets down across time? He's taking that shot because he's trying to prove, because now he's a restricted free agent. So he's trying to prove to anybody who want to pick him up, oh, I can hit this or I can do this. So what does that do for team chemistry? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I know they're going to play hard. I know, I think JB is a pretty decent coach. It's just like that it. when you get, um, and probably in the first half of the season where a lot of teams are half-assed playing, the Cavs mm-hmm. will probably knock off a couple of, decent team to give us a false sense of, of how good they are. You know what I'm saying? No, and in I the agree. second half of the season, when teams are playing hard again, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah, I agree, because that's you know later in the season, once the season gets boring to the guys, I'll say the first 15 to, to 25 games are exciting because the season has started, you're trying to prove some stuff, yada, 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 but once you get past that, honeymoon stage of of the season 
<clears throat> then you start to get back into your regular roles of, you know, I never liked this some bitch anyway type of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like you start to get into your exactly. regular, I don't want to come into the to the facility when it's uh, snowing outside. Like you just get back into your regular thought processes that you were in when you left at the end of the season and needed that break because you knew you didn't make the playoffs. <clears throat> and that's that's where I see the Cavs going. And that's where whatever we do in the first 20 games, I don't care if we lose the first 20 games. It's only going to get worse after the first 20 games. Exactly. That's, that's my train of thought. Now, I can I'm not wrong. looking forward. I'm not looking forward to this season at all. Do I? I, I mean, I'm going to watch them because that's my team. I do want to see how the young kids develop, but other than that, I don't have any expectations at all. And ladies and gentlemen, this impromptu Cavs preview has been brought to you by It was very impromptu. Um, all because there I you have go. a Cavs t-shirt. <laughs> right. But there you go. That That's our Cavs preview. And we both don't have any expectations. Um, as far as NBA predictions, real quick, I'll give you – no, why not? I, I'll give my prediction who's going to go to the finals this year. Um, I'm going to say I think Phoenix will be back. And um, out the East, what do I want to go with out the East? Um, I'm, go I'm going to say Brooklyn. I'm going to say oh, nice. so I, think, I think it'll be a Brooklyn – Phoenix series, and I think Phoenix will win the title this year. Go ahead and get Chris Paul his first ring. I think that the West will be as competitive as it's been in a long time. Most uh, definitely. I think, you know, with Clay coming back, um, with the whole, with the with the triumvirate that's out there, uh, Steph, Clay, and, and Dre, I think they got some stuff to prove, and they also have um, what's the kid's name? I, God dang it, I just uh, Wiggins. So I think that they have enough, especially if they can stay healthy. Um, I think they have enough to go deep uh, on in the West. Of course, LA has a lot to go deep in the West, so I expect the West to be as as packed towards the, the playoffs and at the end of the playoffs as you've ever seen. But I do believe that Phoenix will make it back. I think Phoenix will win. But I actually think that Phoenix versus Milwaukee is what's going to happen because I don't really see anybody in the East. I It's it's something about winning a title. Sometimes when you win a title, like Toronto was hard to put out in the, in the bubble. Toronto wasn't even that good without Kawhi. However, because the rest of those guys were still there from uh, the championship, they were a tough out. And I think, right. again, barring injury, Milwaukee will be a tough out for everybody. And they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna struggle this year a little bit because I think everybody's a little bit better. But uh, I think they'll figure it out, and I think they're going to get back. But I think Phoenix uh, may be the, the team to take it. So uh, that's – uh, as Sean said, the impromptu NBA uh, coverage, uh, Cavs early season coverage uh, going into the season. Uh, everybody, uh, please put that on your betting slips. We just said it. So y'all go ahead and bet based on what two guys in the mic just said.
If y'all lose your money, if y'all look, look, if y'all lose your money, I don't have nothing to do with it. Yeah, I have nothing to do with it. We are not responsible. If not, all right, so, all right. so, so listen, Sean, we missed you last week. Um, especially, especially, because I've done two shows by myself in the last uh, couple weeks. The preview show, which is what we're doing now, the midweek show, is a little bit easier to do than the post-game show without you. I'm not saying that I don't need you on either one. I'm just telling you. I know the difference now. I can feel the difference because I don't have anything to bounce off, you know, and I'm 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 a pretty emotional guy when when the Browns lose. So and I know you are too, by the way. So we missed you on Sunday. <clears throat> so I'm gonna give you the floor to tell me what your what your thought processes were maybe going into the game and then what your processes were after the game, uh post game uh type of thing like we would have done on Sunday. I'm gonna give you the floor. Go ahead, bro. All right. Well, first of all, like I said before, I was in Las Vegas, so um, I actually found a Browns backers club um, out there at a place called. It used to be at the Copper Keg. Um, yep. It's still, I think, I think it's still owned by a Cleveland guy. But yep. I think yep. the club has gotten so big they had to move it. So we went to uh, a Sporting Life, which is actually another one owned, I think, by a Cleveland guy, and um, it, it was probably at least maybe almost you know 70, 80. Um, Browns fans up in there, all the decor is Ohio State and Cleveland stuff. So it's great to go, you know, 3,000 miles away from home and still can be among, you know, fellow fans and and, and the Browns family. So, yeah, but we were all pumped up. We were ready to go, man. I thought that we would beat Arizona. I thought that we were going to step up and, like, you know, I started to text you my prediction, but I forgot to, man. But I thought the Browns would win something like. 28 to 20 um and really just not to get on too much of a rant man that was just one of the one of the weirdest browns games that i've ever um watched and experienced before because it just was one of those games where the browns could never quite get in the rhythm everything um was stacked against them um you know you were missing your, your, your two starting tackles your left and right tackle uh, I thought Jarvis Landry was supposed to come back. I was excited about that. And all of a sudden, watching the game, it was like, no Juice Landry. I said, uh, okay, we're ready without Nick Chubb. And I was like, okay, well, we got Kareem. Um, so we're still, you know, we're good to go. I think, and I thought Baker maybe had something to prove. The defense wanted to, you know, redeem itself. And I always thought that Arizona was kind of like a fraud team, man. They, they Every year they start off pretty good, look pretty good. And they kind of fade, you know, towards the end of the season. So I was like, it's just Arizona, you know, we should be okay. And first, I think, I don't know if they let them get in the head, but the referees were making awful calls at first. I mean, we had, within the first quarter, what did they have? Something like five penalties for 50 yards? Like, on it, was, it was a penalty almost on every play. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was something, it was something on every play. So pretty much um like one of arizona's drives was pretty much gifted by the refs they didn't have to do anything they just marched them pretty much right down the field based on penalties um and they scored and um then later on i thought baker was was trying too hard instead of what he, what he did a good job of last year was to play one there 
if he could scramble, he would, but yet he would just throw the ball away. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, he may be feeling the pressure of what's going on. He was trying to do too much, especially when you got two rookie tackles out there. You're not protected. That line was collapsed. I mean, J.J. Watt was having a field day with whoever that was that uh, was blocking him. And he's trying to do too much. He caught up in the scrum. And, you know, you had two costly turnovers. Um, then the defense didn't show up at all. I mean, guys want to ride open. I'm looking at AJ, AJ Green's 185 years old. And I'm like, y'all, y'all can't, he hadn't done anything all season. And you leave with DeAndre Hopkins wide open. You let this kid Edmonds bust off long runs. Kyler Murray really didn't have to do too. Kyler Murray was Kyler Murray. He didn't do anything spectacular. He did what he had to do, was deficient, and made plays when, when he when he had to. He really didn't have to make too many plays with his feet. He did some, but he, you know, he didn't go crazy. But it was just a weird game. And then the players start dropping like flies as OBJ goes down again. He missed, and actually OBJ was playing well. Um, and then, then he hurts his shoulder. Uh, matter of fact, when he landed, I knew he was hurt just by the way he landed. I was like, yeah, he, he had probably two did something to the because he got drove to the ground. Like, that was the yeah. crazy part. How you have two guys, like the way he was running, he had a guy behind him and a guy on this side of him. And the way he landed, both of those guys ended up on top of him, like kind yeah. of driving him and drove him into the into the ground. Right. Like, that's just a weird. That's a, that was just weird. That was a weird. Yeah. So he gets hurt. Then um, later on in the game, Kareem Hunt. Matter of fact, on that, I uh, think it was a play where OBJ dropped a, a fourth down. Kareem Hunt gets gets hurt on that play. Uh, but back, but I kind of went on a, on a rant there. But here, here's my issue. I tell you my issue with uh, what happened Sunday. First of all, when you when you're missing your two starting tackles, you have to protect your quarterback. You have to change the game plan. You can't go in and do what what you normally want to do. They started off throwing the ball like every down. I'm like, what's the purpose of having the only Kareem Hunt, but the Ernest Johnson who can play, and you got Demetrius Felton who can play, protect your quarterback, run the football. Even if you're only getting maybe two or three yards on first down or whatever, you got to keep that because that defense was, was looking their chops at that raggedy offensive line that we put out there. So Stefanski didn't do his quarterback any favors at all with that initial game plan. Now you're down 20 to nothing or whatever we got down early. Now you got to throw the football. Now you press it. You know, and when, and when they started running the ball with Kareem Hunt, they started having some success. Well, you should have been doing that from you know from, from, from the get-go um my second thing is i understand stefanski's aggressiveness and there's a time and place for that but now we're at the point now where you're not converting these fourth downs last year we were, we were converting a lot of those this year for whatever reason we're not converting them you have to go and, and get the points because now you're putting your 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 defense at a disadvantage and now you're getting behind in the games early um you know, and it's, it's just changing the whole dynamic. Just, just kick the field goal. Because for once, we got a decent field goal kicker. And I thought this guy, I was riding this guy hard during preseason. But this is one of the better kickers that we have. He doesn't have a miss. He and now miss. all of a sudden, yeah. And, and now all of a sudden, you, you've got one that you can rely on. He don't want I, to yeah, I can see if your kicker was, was erratic. And you don't, and you'd rather go for the fourth down and try them out there. But if this guy has money, just go ahead and get the points. Um, the defense wasn't aggressive really at all. I mean, 
we had moments, you know, but it just wasn't, um, you know, the Browns would move the football and, get, and then something bad would happen. You get a penalty, um, you know, you the turnovers, stuff like that. It was just a very weird, it was a, it was a, a weird, eerie type of game. It just, you know what I'm saying, just things I think just early just mounted up between the refs, the turnovers. Baker basically like tore his shoulder off on that one play. He did. He literally, he, I, thought, I, thought, I thought his arms going to snap off. Um, so now you're dealing with, so, so now you're, um, you lost JLK too. We lost him. You know, it was just bad. It was like, it was a bloodbath. So not only did, did you get your ass kicked during the game, you lose more key players, and now you and you're on a short week at that, so there's no time for these guys to get healthy. Yep, and it's just a bad, it's just a bad situation, man. It's like it was just the only thing that kept me from losing my mind is that I was having a good time <laughs> with my friends. Yeah, that's the only thing that kept me from just being, you know. This down and out. I was like, I was like, man, I'm like I'm on vacation. I ain't about to let, let these fools ruin my Sunday. And I said it on the show. I said when I started the show, I said I started the show with saying Sean is on assignment, which I kind of did with that. That's a good. One. And then I said, I said, no, no, he's actually on vacation. I hope he's having a good time. However, he's probably not after watching this bull crap. You know, um, and I agree. I think I agree almost 100% with everything that you said. Um, I mentioned at least, if I didn't mention everything that you mentioned, I pretty much mentioned everything that you mentioned, like as my issues for what we saw, what we thought going in. I, I, I actually thought the Browns would lose this game. Okay. Um, and and I'm gonna tell you why, because you weren't around to hear this. I thought the Browns would lose this game, not because we're worse than the Cardinals. I actually think we're better than the Cardinals, especially if you if you're looking at you know 100% versus 100%. But we weren't 100%. I actually thought that Kevin Stefanski would try to outthink this team because they didn't have their head coach and that's what happened i think kevin stefanski got out coached by assistants yeah but this would be the first time that kevin stefanski has gotten out coached and i'll go into more of that as we get into whatever needs to happen this week but that was my thought process i thought that the browns would lose we don't do in the defense too. I don't think we do well with uber mobile quarterbacks. So Lamar, uh, you know, and 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 this kid uh, Kyler is Kyler Murray is one of those uber mobile quarterbacks. The crazier part is, to your point, this dude didn't even run like that. He didn't no. even do all of that. We actually gave up more yards to. Um, um, uh, uh, dude, last week, uh, freaking Justin Herbert, than we did to Kyler Murray. <laughs> so it's crazy when you start to to look at 
the certain dynamics of this defense. And I, again, and I'm only saying it this way, folks who are listening or uh, who may watch the podcast on YouTube or whatever, I'm saying it this way to Sean because Sean hasn't watched the show yet. So he doesn't know all of the things that I said. So I'm saying all of this stuff for the first time to Sean, which I actually like because I'm sure some of it might shock him, but him knowing me, it probably, I just felt like we did so many things not well enough, regardless of whether I thought we were going to win this game or not. We did so many things not well enough. We didn't deserve to win that game. No, no. Definitely, we didn't deserve to win that game. Black, we were listless. We 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 were we were like lethargic at certain points of the game. Like you were watching guys. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? And I put that on coaching. I put it on players because the execution sucked too. But these guys weren't ready to play, and I hated. And I've said this before. I love. I said this on Facebook because I was in a, in a conversation with a bunch of guys. I actually like Stefanski's uh, uh, scripted plays. Seems like from week to week, when we go into our scripted plays, when we got those, you know, 20, 30 plays that he's put together, man, we just move the ball. Boom, 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 boom. It looks like we practice those plays. It looks like we know what those plays are going to be. Bang, 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 bang. You, you knock off 15, 20 yards every play, and we end up with a touchdown, or we at least end up in a red zone with an opportunity to score. I didn't see that on Sunday. This, the freaking uh, uh, team, this team, this team does not defend the pass, I mean, excuse me, the run well. Just like I was saying about Arizona. I mean, sorry, not Arizona, but just like I was saying about the Chargers. They don't play to run well. So run the ball, which is what we did. Arizona doesn't play to run well. They average five-plus yards on defense. Teams average five-plus yards on them. So why are we passing on seven of the first ten plays? Like, it, it made no sense to me. It made no sense at all, man. It made no sense to me. You set yourself up, and you know you got these bad tackles or these new tackles. I want to, they weren't bad, and they're not bad. They're just, you know, no, they're, bad. they're rookies. Yeah. The play call, the play calling made them bad. Because where where was our uh, uh, screen plays? For the first time in 20-something yeah, right. years, we are decent at screenplays. Where were the screenplays? Where was anything to help your quarterback? Where was anything to help your tackles build confidence? And that's what I was saying about the field goals too, bro. Sometimes those field goals build confidence. We got some yeah. points. We're still in the game. But once you go for it on fourth down and your dumb an analytics, and that's all you're thinking about, you put your team at a disadvantage when you don't get it. So 
I was not super happy coming it's, it's out. It's almost like to me, um, Stefanski got a little stubborn. You know, like we're not in an ideal situation, but I'm still going to try to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe almost, like you said, overthinking, maybe trying to outsmart the other coach. Because I'm sure Arizona probably came in, like the Browns all had their two starting tackles. They're probably going to run the ball, so which means they probably bought guys down in the box. You know, and the Browns like, well, they're bringing guys down here in the box to stop the run. You know, we're going to throw the football. Well, they just use common know, sense. And, use, uh, yeah. Everyone used common sense, and we thought we can outthink them. Right. Now, the question is, how do we even feel a football team on, on Thursday? Because I, I would assume, I'm going to assume that OBJ is not going to play. Well, i tell you what. Why don't we just move into Thursday? Because this is the midweek show, and this is what yeah. we do in our midweek show. We talk about what should, could, potentially happen going forward. So let's get into the Thursday game. So I'm going to say this real quick, and then I'm going to get into my picks. Or do you want to go first? I'm going to let you go first. Okay. We ain't had no, we ain't had no uh, Sean. Or do you want me to go? You tell me. I can go. I can go. Yeah, because we haven't quick. had Sean in a minute. So I want to make sure that we're not overly – uh, Ron Century, <laughs> because I don't want y'all to be tired of me because you know I can I can just keep going. <laughs> right, you like a long winded pastor. <laughs> you like one of those pastors that say I'm closing. Yeah, and like you go on to preach for another two hours. I'm gonna let I'm you go, but before I let you go, <laughs> no, but real quick, real quick, uh, Denver's coming in. I forgot what Denver's record is. It does, I think they're like three and three too, something like that. The, I think they're three and three. I didn't. I didn't check, but I didn't check either. Um, I should have, but I did. It's another team that we historically don't play well against, and we had a bunch of those this season. Teams we don't play well against. Um, and like we're going in extremely beat up. I don't think OBJ will play. I just have a feeling that he won't. Um, Baker's going to thug it out. So Baker should play good, then, right? In theory. Yeah, in theory, you know, based on what everybody else is saying. Um, Baker's, Baker's going to thug it out. And now you're starting the Ernest Johnson. You're going to have Demetrius Felton um, in the backfield. So, and, and you're still missing your – well, Stefanski did not rule out Jedrick Wills and Conklin. Uh, we don't know about that yet, but short week, who knows? And Chubb is out. So you're missing Chubb. You're missing Hunt. He didn't comment on Landry. Um, JLK is out. And they're saying that, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Spit it out, Sean. Um, the cornerback, 21. Oh, uh, uh, Newsom. I mean, no. uh, sorry, Ward. Yeah, Ward. Denzel Ward. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name, you know. But, you know, so you're going, you're coming in beat up. So here's the thing. Um. Like, how do you win this football game? Like, what do you do in that situation? Because some people are going to look at it. Well, it's just Denver. You should be able to beat Denver. And I was like, man, that's a professional football team over there. And you're coming in here handicapped. It's not going, you know, just because it's Denver and they're mediocre, 
an average football team. Like we're an average, where we're playing right now, we're an average football team. Mm-hmm. You know, so to you, uh, Ron, like what do we do to win this football game? Because this is a must win. You have well, to win this football game. <clears throat> oh, we really do. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but here's my argument with that actual statement. I think every game is a goddamn uh, must win. I don't think that you go into any game with the, oh, we might win, we may not win. And and I said this on Sunday. I feel like the Browns went into Sunday's game. Like, I, I just, I, I feel like we don't go into games feeling like we belong there. We still have I guess certain teams Browns mentality. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think we feel like, oh, well, we should be okay. You know, and it's almost like that Freddie Kitchens if you don't have on orange and brown, we don't pay you any attention type of thing. That's just talk. Right. But you got to show up. Like, you got to go play. Like, all of, you know, we have injuries. We do. We got a, a crap ton of injuries. But I don't, I'm not making no more excuses for these guys. Anymore. I'm not either. I said that at the end of the show last week. I'm not making excuses for Baker Mayfield no more. The Baker Mayfield that I see today, he's not Justin Herbert. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He ain't even close to those kids. These guys get better and better and better as they go. Baker gets better and better, and then he gets worse and worse, and then he goes better and then worse, and then better, better, worse, worse, worse. Like, I don't, he's all over the place. Some of it isn't necessarily his fault, some of it is. However, I think our expectations of him are lofty. I think our expectations of Kevin Stefanski is lofty. I think our expectations of Joe Woods is lofty. So I'm going to lower, as they said on SNL, uh, lower expectations. I'm just going to lower my expectations of these guys. And maybe that'll help me not be so frustrated with them. I don't hate Baker. I don't hate Stefanski. Uh, why do I mess this dude's name up every fourth time that I say it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Kevin Stefanski. Joe Woods can get the hell out of here whenever the hell he chooses to. Um, Because this defense stinks. And to have this pool of guys that are decent to really good still not be able to communicate well still not understand where they need to be i don't i don't believe that uh, john johnson came over here from calling plays from the second rated defense in the nfl and now can't play football right exactly i don't i don't think that grant delpit can't play football I don't think that Ronnie Harrison can't play football. What I think is that this scheme is not perfect for what we need to do. And And I don't think this scheme is going to make it happen, bro. Right. And for one thing, it's night and day between when you're getting decent pressure on a quarterback with the front four and bring maybe a blitzer and giving those guys like Kyler Murray had like all day to throw. And you give anybody, no if you give any, like Justin Herbert had all day to throw. Like if you give these guys, there's no adjustments, bro. 
Yeah, they're not get open with that much time to set up in the pocket. Eventually, somebody's going to get open. You know, they're just, not making it. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying that's just how today's NFL is. Well, just not NFL. Just how football is. Period. But they're, but they're not making adjustments in the game. No, they're, they're not. They're just they're so like kind of what you were saying a little while ago. The coaching is so stubborn. You know, they asked uh, Stefanski last week if he might think of, after the Chargers game, if he might think about giving up the play calling. This dude went on uh, like a two-minute comment. Just it basically was the long way of him saying, uh, no, I'm not giving up the play calling. But maybe you need to do the, you know, the, uh, the uh, descriptive plays and then let AVP call the plays after that. Because the plays that he calls after the scripted plays is when we start to bog down offensively. Right. You'll start to see one or two or three really decent plays in between. But you don't see a lot of those bang, 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 bang plays like you see when he scripts the plays. And I think that that is his Achilles heel. But he don't think he has one. He did. Yeah, and, and what I'm afraid of going into this game, the thing that scares me the most is that he's going to abandon the run game altogether. I think and so. And I think that's the worst thing that he can he can possibly do. Um, because Von, listen, Von Miller already said, I don't know who's lining up across from me, but I'm a killer. Mm-hmm. But that's the same thing that JJ Watt said. And I'm going to say something about that real quick uh, to you as we get, as I move a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, no, I'm not going to say it now because okay. I, I got a few more things to ask you. So, I got to dig back into last week real quick because I okay. want to ask you something real quick. When Baker came back into the game last week, do you think that he should have came back in the game? Do you think Stefanski should have allow, allowed him to come back um, in the game? Probably not at this point. No, I mean, in the moment. I, I'm no, in the moment, probably not at least sit him down for a couple of years. So let me ask you, because I know the NFL rules are, are funny. If your starting quarterback leaves the game, he can come back, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that if your backup goes, like if your emergency quarterback comes in, you can't bring back in some the it, starter. It, you got like to do like a play. It's, has, it's like a play or two. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So Baker probably should have set out at least a couple of series um see if we can get his bearings together and then do that because right now um baker is pressing now let, let me say this he had the two fumbles the two fumbles aside um he played okay you know what i'm saying his accuracy and stuff was was there um but uh but 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 with the two fumbles i mean he's pressing like way too hard. Um, I think knowing Baker the way that he is, because you know he's ta- he's tampered down a lot of his, um, you know, going after fans and you know being very boisterous. You know, he's kind of tamped down his personalities somewhat since he's been here. But knowing how he really is, he wants nothing to do more than to prove that everybody wrong. You know, he, he, he wants to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, and maybe um, Stefanski needs to sit. You know, say, "Hey, man, 
take a breather. I think Keenum can run the offense now. Will yeah. Keenum take it? Will, will Keenum take us to the Super Bowl? No. Oh, that, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying. But but as far as if you need need him to spot a couple of games, I think we'll be fine. Uh, it would be it would be better if we had our two running backs <laughs> to take the pressure yeah. off of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it was it was like a dude, like like you're hurt, you're beat up. And yeah, his shoulders hurting, but probably some other stuff is hurting too, as many times he's gotten sacked this year. You know, so yeah, I would have uh I'd have been like, man, you know, at least take a at least take a couple of series off and then kind of evaluate where where he is, you know, in his head. And then and that's what there. I thought. I thought it didn't here's here was my thought process in the moment. I, I said. It doesn't make sense for this dude to come back out. We were down. We weren't going to win that game. It was clear that we weren't going to win that game. It was clear that we weren't going to come back to win that game. What benefit of having Baker Mayfield on the field was there? There wasn't a benefit. Just let Case go out there and finish the game. Whatever your play calling is, you got faith in this dude, right? Like, it makes me question how much they think Case Keenum knows. And I get it. Baker wants to be out there because that's how Baker is wired. But bigger than that, Baker's out there because he's trying to play for a contract. And I'm just here to tell you, the Baker that I'm seeing right now ain't worth $40 million a year. Not the Baker I'm seeing in this moment. I don't care what nobody yeah, says. I'm sure, I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to get him some money, and I'm sure they're going to sign him. I'm, I'm sure they are. But the Baker that I'm seeing in this moment, he ain't worth $40 million. And that was my problem last year. That's why I was like, let's wait, let's see. The Baker I saw towards the end of the season was enough for me to gamble on and give him a contract. But there was a reason that the Browns didn't do that. There's a reason that the Browns didn't do that. Y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. The Browns didn't do that for a reason. Right. And I, I think the Browns felt like I might feel, which is this dude is basic. And I'm not hating on Baker. Baker needs everything to go right in order for him to be a, a, a really good quarterback. Everything got to go right. So what do you want to see? Um thursday in this game so, like like like, what type of game plan do you think that we need to implement in order to win this football game well it's simple for me it's it's a lot of what i didn't see last week um it, it, and it's tougher going into this week because like you say we got we have so many injuries that it's it's tough to say run the ball <laughs> because right we don't necessarily know if we're going to have uh, Conklin, we don't necessarily know if we're going to have Wills. We don't know if we're going to have Conklin and Wills. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say offensive line-wise. It's hard to say, uh, you know, from a running back standpoint. But I think that, to be honest with you, I think they said that uh, the last I heard anyway, uh, Dearness Johnson was going to start. And I was like, why? I don't remember this dude playing a, a, a freaking snap all season long. So why is he starting over uh, Felton? I feel like Felton should start. 
Now, I don't mind DeAndre Johnson starting because he's a veteran. Um, I don't. So, so because the thing you've got to think about too is um, protection as far as picking up blitzers and stuff like that. Well, we don't know as far as practice or whatnot if Felton is good at. Well, because most most I'm saying most rookie running backs aren't good at that. Well, here's the other part of why I'm saying this, because to me, if you have Felton back there, he presents a running and a passing threat. Yeah. So but, the can't just right. throw their ears back now. And tear now back here's one thing we don't know. I mean, just because Dearness Johnson is the starter, that don't necessarily mean he gonna get most of the snaps either. It doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 him start, that don't that don't bother me at all. Now, if he gets to a point where he's playing and Felton is not playing at all, you know what I'm saying? He's not getting a, you know any touches and no looks at all, then that's a problem. But just simply naming the Johnson the starter doesn't doesn't bother me. But here's the other part of that, and this is why I have a problem with it. So Dearness Johnson is in. So in my mind, as a defender, when's the last time I saw Dearness Johnson catch a pass? If he's in the game, he's either blocking or he's running. So I'm playing different. He mm-hmm. doesn't present a challenge to me. And we all know that, you know, and I like the earnest, and, but I'm just saying from the, the problem I had last week is the same problem I got going forward. I need to see Kevin Stefanski be creative offensively, and I need him to I do something. I just want him to be smart. Well, I mean, hell. Being smart, being creative, I'm fine with all of that. Yeah. But you got to do something different than what you normally do. You can't put your team in the same position regardless who's out there. Right. Exactly. Nobody does that. That's just man. Here's nothing I want them to do. Look, look, look at your team. So when you finally de- determine who's playing and who's not playing, right? Look at your team and just say, "Hey, we ain't got X, Y, and Z." What do the guys I do run out there? What do what, what are they the best at? What do these guys do? What can I scheme to utilize to get the most out of the bunch I have out there? And play like that. Don't say, you know, don't don't say, all right, even though I got these guys, I'm missing something that I'm still going to make them do things that they're not capable of doing. From a football standpoint, that's the worst thing that he can do. So, Dude, so for the first time all year, I'm gonna be really looking at this game. You know, I'm a fan, but I tend to always watch the game as just a fan, even though we do this podcast. But I want to look at it this game more so from an analytical standpoint. When I'm analyzing, I'm like, okay, what I'm looking at how guys are lining up. I'm looking at who's what, what, what personnel packages are on the field. A lot. I'm trying to see what his thought process is really going into this game. Cause now the reason why I said it's a must game, cause now you three and three, I mean, you can't with, with Baltimore playing as well as they are. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati bit, they basically beaten all the bad teams they've played and lost to the good ones. I still don't think they're that good yet, but hell they're four and two and they're above no, us. So that's all that matter. No matter. You can't go down three and four, and it's a conference. Game. It's another. It's another conference game at that. We got. We've lost two conference games already. 
all right, so now your window, yeah, you got more games this year, but you can't lose this game to Denver. And this is no knock on because one thing, I don't even know what Denver does well. I haven't seen them play all year. I don't listen. I don't even know what they what they do well and what they the don't do well. Is, I just know that they're kind of average middle of the road too. Listen, the truth but, is, I don't care what Denver does. I don't I, I really don't care because this is a game that if the Browns lose, it's because the Browns lost it. It ain't because what yeah, they're yeah, yeah. right. It, it's gonna it's gonna boil down to Kevin Stefanski. It's gonna boil down to uh, you know AVP Alex Van Pelt. It's gonna boil down to Bill Callahan. I only I, I bring in that triumvirate because this is something that uh, Stefanski said himself in his right. whole rant to not you know give what? up the play calling. Right. I'm, I'm going to tell you something else too, Ron. Be, I, I don't know because it's because of our history or what. The Browns don't play well when we're getting praised. And, and maybe, for, and listen, for, and maybe for not. whatever reason, man, for, for whatever reason, when the Browns, when the, when the Browns get a big win and, or even going into the off season when they say, Hey, the Browns so, are this and that. They is that the coach? Well that way. What is that the coach though? I don't know what it is. Like Wait, where we, it, it just hasn't been under Stefanski, just but the way the Browns have been for a, a long time. No, 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 and no. Because no. well, well, even I mean, we, we were at this place. Remember last season too? Remember, we kind of were at a place to know. I don't remember who we were going about to play, but we're kind of like at one of them crossing points. It was like, look, man, they got to figure out a way to pull out this game. Here's what you I'm know. saying. Here's what I'm saying. That was after the Raiders game, and then we had that bye. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying. My thing is this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't disagree with what you're saying. Historically, we've, short of the 80s and early 90s teams, we've, we've always, you know, these guys just show up. Yeah, they lose games. But the one thing I can never say about those teams is, like, I'm not upset that we're three and three. I'm upset that how we played being three and three. Yeah. Because I mean, but, but do you think, those, do you, real quick, do, do you think this is a team that tends to buy into its own hype and think that they're better than what they are and it takes them to get humble to, to, uh, to, to get it I, together? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. It's hard for me to say. That's hard for me to say. Because I've seen that team before. That 07 team was that team. They bought it to their height. And they got too high on the horse going into the next season. And, you know, they, they just got took out. Um, and they didn't have the right structure. They didn't have the right framework. Uh, right. You know, uh, they just weren't coached well enough. There wasn't a lot of discipline as it should have been. And let's be completely and totally honest. If you take that team and look at this team, talent-wise, this team is off the freaking charts versus that team. This team has no excuses. And I'm not making any excuses no more. I'm not, we, we're hurt. We're, you know, everybody's hurt. The Ravens lost uh, Sam Morris and J.K. Dobbins. However, they still got running backs. Uh, they don't even have the wide receiving core that we have. However, this dude threw 
uh, for 400 yards in a Monday night game right. for this goddamn yeah. reason. And they're four and one. They're still winning, and they don't care who they play. They showed up. They beat the shit out of a team that we were up 27 to 13 against. So when I hear goofballs on the radio talking about OBJ isn't an elite player because he dropped that that uh, fourth uh, fourth down and three against the Chargers, and that could have been the touchdown. We we were in red zone. That was going to guarantee that we were going to score. And that was the difference in the game. Man, we went up 27 to 13. After that drop, that drop wasn't the difference in the game. Right. The difference in the game is how the game was coached, what calls were played, and how that ridiculous defense decided they were just going to keep giving up big chunk plays. And we continue to do it against this team. So this defense cannot give up those chunk plays. You don't even have the players to have to give up the chunk plays to. I do not care about what players Denver has. I couldn't care less who plays for the Denver Broncos. I do not care who plays for Denver. Outside of Von Miller, and even Von Miller ain't Von Miller from, you know, seven, eight years ago when he was an absolute monster. Outside of that cat, there ain't nobody on that field that's better than anybody on the Browns, even with all of those injuries. This is a game that we can win if the coach is good enough to make it happen. The coach has to get out of his own way. Baker, if you're hurt, I need you to sit your ass down. Honestly, if I was the coach, Baker would be playing tomorrow, uh, or Thursday, rather. I wouldn't play Baker. For what? Sit your ass down. I'm going to let Case Keenum play. I need you to rest up for 10 days and get you all the way ready for uh, Pittsburgh because now we're starting into the division. Is that game against Pittsburgh, that's at home, right? I believe so. Okay. So, yes, I think we have three home games in a row. So but that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough enough game just because of the name itself. I need you ready for that game. I don't need you half hurt for that. Right. And this is something I, 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 I was trying to tell people in preseason. Some people, they were like, man, Baltimore, they ain't lost all these running backs. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is uh, is looking bad and old and stuff. And we guarantee the division and we can, we do, we going to do this and we going to do that. I was like, man, listen, Coach. first of all, right. Coaching and organization. Well, and, and this is not to say the Browns organization is or structural wise is fine. No, um, I, I don't have a problem with I don't have where a problem with, with that where we are that's, there, but that's coaching. But to say that it, like nothing in the NFL is automatic at all. Baltimore and Pittsburgh always find a way to hang around. As bad as Pittsburgh has played, they're three and three, the same record we got. You know, Baltimore out there running with no name running backs and doing whatever, and they're finding ways to win. You know it's two reasons. It's two reasons for Baltimore, it's coaching, and their quarterback is a doggone superstar. For and they and they do what's necessary for him to be a superstar, right? 
no matter what Harbaugh's thought process is, he understands this is the guy that I have, and I need to do something for him. Pittsburgh is well coached as well. I'm not even talking about the front office of any team, even our team, because I think we got a solid front office the way we're run right now. Mm-hmm. It's coaching. Your coach, these guys are run through a wall for Tomlin. I don't know that these guys are run through a wall for Stefanski, and they haven't proven it yet. Yeah, but it, it's, it's just like you said, man. Um, he needs to get out of his own way. That's all it is. Get out of his own way. Just get man. out of your own way, man. Like, just I want them to just just keep it simple. Just scale it back. Do simple stuff. Um, take advantage of what we have. We got three pretty good tight ends. And your quarterback is struggling. Use the tight ends a little bit more, man, like we did with Njoku, and sometimes Cooper. You know that tends to be his safety nets out there sometimes. But I don't remember us really utilizing the tight ends at all against Arizona. Sometimes there's no consistency. No, no. From from one to one pass. Well, yeah. no, about three passes. So the first pass of the game, excuse me, was to Hooper. Now I didn't see it, so I can't say how that pass went. I was in the car driving and I heard it was kind of high, but it hit Hooper in the hands. It did hit him in the hands. He dropped the ball. So he should he should have caught that. Yeah. Uh and then it passed to Njoku hit him in the hands. I saw that one. He should have caught that. It was a little high, but he should have caught that. So the problem is inconsistency all across the board. These guys and Joku last week was incredible. This week, I can't catch a pass. Yeah. Like we have to like we have to help our quarterback. And on the flip side of that coin, the quarterback has to help his receivers. You got to get these guys the ball. Stop throwing like you're throwing at a dog going beehive and get these guys the ball in a spot. Like this season, Baker has been super like just zip, zip. It's been no real touch on the balls like it should be. And I think he's uncomfortable. Of course he's uncomfortable. He's hurt from his shoulder. And he hasn't had his full uh, strength of his offensive line. Again, we have to come to a conclusion. Baker Mayfield needs 22 players to be the, excuse me, 21 players to be the best 21 players ever in order for him to be mediocre to really good you can't he can't have no no drop passes he can't have missed blocks he can't have guys if this play is designed to get eight yards he can't have you not get eight yards that's who baker mayfield has shown us that he is i hate to say this but i'm lowering my expectation of what i need baker to do for me in this moment, I just need Baker Mayfield to continue to do one thing, not turn the ball over, and start doing another thing. Getting rid of the ball quicker and throwing that damn ball away if it ain't there. Stop with the pump fakes. Stop trying to make a play happen. Get your ass out the damn way and throw that shit out of bounds. Baker and his ego need to get out the way, too. Kevin Stefanski, I need you to call a regular game plan based on the team that we're playing. 
based on the people that you got showing up. That's it. Make it simple. Uh, as we used to say in the, in the Air Force, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. Don't do anything extra. I don't even know what to say to Joe Wood. Uh, sir, I don't know if you need to turn this over to somebody else. I don't need, I don't know if you need to tell everybody else to get the hell out of the room and you just have a conversation with your defensive backfield. I'm not 100% sure how it needs to go. I can it's almost you. like, you know what? I see what, what Joe Woods does, and I hate it. Against a lesser team and a lesser quarterback, he's aggressive. When you go up against a more elite offense, he gets scared and starts playing that soft coverage shit, oh, which yeah. I can't stand. And I don't disagree with that. That's bullshit. But let me tell you something else about Kevin Stefanski. Hey, you know what can help? Your quarterback, you know what can help your offensive line? Not just the guys pick up the blitzes, but that you chip a guy once or twice or four times. Right. You know the way that they do to uh, Miles Garrett. How they just chip him, no matter what's happening. Stop with the, oh, no, I need all five of my receivers to go out into a route. Man, if you don't start to think about football as football actually happens, you're a basic coach until you do other than basic stuff. Like sit down and play some Madden once or twice. <laughs> and then have to call the coach. God dang it. And, I, and listen, and I hate people who talk about playing Madden as like, oh, I'm I'm really good at this because I play Madden. I hate guys that do that. But I only said that because it's almost like an insult. Like I'm I'm trying to encourage this guy to look at me like a goofball and do something to show me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Because right now, we're not, uh, at the, in the words of Bill Parcells, we are who our record says we are. We're basic. We're 300. I agree. We're 500. Two weeks ago, we were making fun of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, guess what? We got the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're basic, and we should be made fun of. And until we decide that we are going to do something about it, like when when does anybody go into a meeting room and flip a goddamn table over? Like right. take a water cooler over. Remember when that stuff? Remember when Albert would do that shit and nobody would go anywhere near Albert? <laughs> <laughs> everybody be like this, like, yeah. <laughs> we better win this damn game because Albert is tripping. All right, we and, and basically. That. And basically, and wrap things up, you know, in a nutshell, man, because it's getting close to that hour here, and uh, I got to get ready to go to work in the morning. So let's 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 do this, man. Um, in a nutshell, the Browns are at a point where it, it, when teams say they need to go to some adversity to get to that next level, oh, that time is here. This is the it. Brown, the Browns are at that come to Jesus moment, this and. And really, with what you're about to find out right now, you're going to find out what kind of coach you have. Yep. You're going to find out what type of quarterback you – well, you yep. can still go – I mean, the quarterback thing's always going to be, you know, it's gonna be a, muddled. a week to week. It's always going to be muddled. That evaluation, person. right. But as far as 
okay, let me put it this way. You're going to find out what type of football team you have here. That's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Like who's going to have some heart? Who's going to step up and be the leader on that football team and say, Hey, and maybe that's where, where you missing juice. Everybody's like, this guy's a leader. That guy's a leader without juice out there, you know, but Juice is on the sideline, and that's my huh? problem. Like Juice is on the sideline, he right yeah, there. Yeah, but he's not. But I, I think it's a difference between your guy being on the sideline and being on the field with you, though. You know, and being in the huddle with you. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can, you can cheerlead rah rah on the sideline all you want to. Sometimes you need that guy to be in the huddle. You know, I'm not saying that's the problem. That's not the whole problem. But um, hopefully he plays this Thursday. But I think you're missing that that energy. Because because the players did say to a team when he went out that game, said so they were deflated, seeing him getting taken out the game. Um, but that's neither here nor there, man. It's like basically you're gonna see what type of football team that you have. Because this is because because despite having all these injuries, this is a winnable football game. It's not like you're going up against the, um, right. you know, the the top tier teams. Now yeah, right, this right, is right, going right. to Denver because that's a professional football team. I'm not dogging them at all. That that team got just as much chance to win as we do. But what I'm saying is you're at home, you're on Thursday night, you're about to get 10 days off um, to get some rest and maybe get some guys back. Let's go ahead, step up. Let's go ahead and win this football game and let's regroup. We're going to have some time now. We can we can relax a little bit, get start to get healthy and get ready, ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you lose this game, now you got Pittsburgh coming in town, man. Pittsburgh gonna be looking at us, you know, like food at that point. They're gonna be licking their chops, bro. They're look, looking at their chops and they're the pressure that you gonna feel. Listen, did I tell you? I told you. I talked to Stover. You know why Stover called me? For that exact reason that you just said. My friend, for you guys that don't know, Mark Stover, a friend of the show, uh, one of my uh, longtime uh, military friends. He called me the other day with the thought in his head. He said, man, if you guys lose to Denver, I, 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 he said, I just want to, I just want to sit in the corner and watch you do the show after that shit. Like to him, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games because he can't wait for us to be you know, three and four and losing and everything's falling apart because we all had this high expectation of this team. And this is why I hate Steeler fans. Because he wants to see us fail. He doesn't even care what the Browns do. He just wants to see us fail as, a, as an organization. And, and, and really, and really, overall, as much praise the Browns got in the offseason – the media loves making fun of Cleveland. They can't wait for the Browns to yeah, start sure. floundering. Oh, they can't. They can't. For they sure. can't wait. Dan Orlovsky already said we're the biggest disappointment in the NFL after six weeks. Now, I just said last Sunday, for, for just to be clear, in case we get some new people who don't understand how how I flow and how emotional I get, I want everyone to understand one thing. But one thing I kept saying last week is that we're not hitting the panic button, but we're hitting the concern button. Yeah, the concern <laughs> button has been pressed. There's concern here. However, for all we know, 
at three and three, we could we could we could run off the rest of these games, and you know finish the season fourteen and three. We 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 could we could theoretically. Do I believe that's what's going to happen? I don't. However, we can still do those things. So I'm not off of the boat and I'm, there's no such thing as off the boat for me. No, I'm, no I'm, me either. It's what I do. Me either. Um, I, I got on a goddamn Cleveland Cavaliers shirt right now, just so you know. I, there's no such thing as off the boat for me. This is what I do. I'm a Clevelander. I got my skyline behind me. I got the guardian symbol behind me. This is what I do. This is what we do. We don't make this shit up. However, we're realists. And sometimes, week to week, we're more <laughs> realist than others, uh, you know, depending on what the situation is. But I truly believe that this week, we don't have, we don't have room for error. And, you know, putting Baker out there on Sunday might be an error. Mm -hmm. I, need, I need this guy to be able to play later in the season. So I think Case Keenum should start on, on Thursday. And if, you know, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. And then we can put Baker out there against Baker and Jezrick and all those guys. You know what I mean? Against right. the Steelers. Well, I might hold, hold out Jezrick and, and Jake, depending on who's – they said Jake did side practice. But Jedrick wasn't anywhere to be found today in, in terms of how, uh, you know, the reporters were like, oh, uh, he wasn't at the open. And neither was OBJ. And listen, if they're hurt, put them on the side. We're, we're, we're looking at, which I, I'm not against Nick Chubb being out either. And this is why. Because you get this game, which is no contact. And then you get another 10 days beyond this game. So everybody will be closer to healthy. I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. I don't want to lose this game. So so don't misconstrue what I'm saying. However, I if Kevin Stefanski is a good enough coach, no matter who shows up, we should be able to beat this damn team. Because Nick Fangio is getting ready to get fired. He's either today or or in another <laughs> week or two. Right. It, it like everything is falling apart for them. So don't and please and please, please put, some, put some pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Don't let him just stand back there and throw the defense. Listen, man, you please. can't assume the position that these guys are just the front four is just gonna create the the, 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 the pressure. You have to send somebody. And right. and if and if we're not getting pressure, if you want to send the front four and we get pressure, that's fine. But Joe Wood. If you have to, Joe Woods and Kevin Stefanski got to have a wrinkle and you got to make an adjustment in game. I hate Kevin Stefanski's in game adjustments because they don't exist. So, saying all that to say, uh, come Thursday, I think the Browns will win a very close game, 17 to 13. Man, you said about the same thing I was going to say. I was going to say 17 to 14. Uh, here's one thing that people are going to say that I'm absolutely and lost my mind for saying this. What having so many guys out on offense, 
I think that has simplified the game for Baker Mayfield. I kind of alluded to this the other day, where I think is 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 it's too much out there trying to make everybody happy. I think with having um, you may you may get juice back. Um, and this is not saying that um you wouldn't even put juice out there personally. Um, this is not saying this ain't nothing to do with OBJ, ain't nothing to do with him at all. I just think it's to do with what's in Baker's head. Um, with the game plan being so, so now, because I think if you notice this season, we spread the ball around a lot, which yeah. is fine. But most teams, for the most part, have go-to guys. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, I agree. And I think I'm just I'm gonna put this out here that without having all those guys out there, it's gonna simplify the game for Baker. We're not score a lot of points, but I think you'll see the offense being like a little bit more efficient this time around. So so no, just, keep an eye, just, just, just keep an eye out on that, man. That's something to watch. And I could be dead wrong. I no, could that's be dead wrong. Point. That, 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 that fool, that fool would go out there and go five for 31. <laughs> you know, you know, God forbid. But I think, I I think it's say, something to be said for that, man. A lot of people think, <laughs> like, like, here's my analogy. Everybody thinks that having a bunch of superstars on your team is a good thing. And if you look at, like, in basketball, um, everybody that gets, well, now, you know, you got this whole thing with, like, a big three, right? That's, that's the new thing. But remember um, back when Portland had all those guys, I mean, from, from one through five, they had like an all-star back when they had, uh, was it like Rod Strickland and Rasheed Wallace? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the I mean, they went far, but they didn't finish, though. They like, went like, far. They, yeah, like, like we far. call them the jailblazers, like that team. There's been some <laughs> other examples of that. But sometimes you got... <laughs> You have too much. Like even even in the era of, of big three, of the big three era now that we're doing, there's always a guy that has to take a step back, right? There's always one of those guys have to be like the Nets last year. It was kind of like James Harden who took the step back to make yeah. that thing flourish. Yeah. Um, so so that, that's where that unselfishness comes in. Um, like I said, so sometimes you can have like too much out there well, and you know here's the thing though Stefanski's offense is not superstar laden like it's not driven to make one dude be better than uh anybody else his offense is he don't care like you're you're you know you're QB one and he's wide receiver one he's wide receiver two and everybody should be able to get to certain spots. That's how he envisions his offense. Right. Uh, which is why a guy like Kirk Cousins makes the money that Kirk Cousins makes, and he's a 500 quarterback. It, that's what they do. That's why Case Keenum had that one good. All we need is you to be as accurate as you can be possible, and we'll allow everything else to work itself out. So not throwing it to OBJ uh, 15 times a game like uh, Aaron Rodgers does to Devontae Adams. However, OBJ is open as much as Devontae Adams. Is, it, that's just how the offense is set up. 
So then you'll have that game where Njoku can have 147 yards. You'll have that game where Higgins gets, you know, uh, 80-something yards. You'll have that game. But it's not set up for uh, uh, Jarvis to have 160 yards and everybody else have, like, two catches or OBJ to have 200 yards and everybody else has three. It's not set up for that. That's not what this is. This is a kind of a, a triangle uh, right. NFL offense where they allow everybody to have something to say and allow everybody to have something to do in the offense. And it works, especially when you're talking about the run game. You know, right. when, the, when the run game is healthy, shit, we kill everybody. But right. we've also seen this offense – Nick Chubb have 140 yards and we'll get into a third down and and three and Nick Chubb will be on the sideline. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Like the yeah, analytics exactly. just doesn't make sense. And I'm not gonna keep going on these on, on, on a rant because I know we gotta we gotta get the heck over here, but I'm just saying we have room in this game to do a lot of different stuff. Because we don't have those superstars on the, on the field. I think that OBJ should sit out too, personally. Uh, if your shoulder's hurt, I don't know what's wrong with his shoulder. They didn't say anything was significant. But I think he needs to sit out. Just play the regular guys because if your offense works that way. Again, this yeah. goes back to coaching. If your offense works in a non-superstar friendly way, it don't matter who we put on the field, right? Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Brown 17-14. I think um, either Peoples-Jones or Higgins is going to have a big day. Yeah. We're going to need one, one, one of those two. And one of those two guys to step up. Matter of fact, it could be both. But Because uh, they both do yeah. really well within that offense. But uh, I like I said, 17-13 uh, for me. Um same thing, same difference. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It'll probably be pretty boring for everybody else, other excuse me, outside of Colorado and here. Right, and and since we predicted the low-scoring game, it'll be thirty-five to thirty-eight. It'll Maybe. be a damn track meet shootout. Right, right. Maybe, and then we'll <laughs> see. You know, Baker have four hundred yards that he ain't had with neither right. one of those other guys. Because I keep saying this about uh, Jarvis. I had to, I got into it with a guy on, on Facebook because he was like, well, he needs Jarvis back. I said, does he? Oh, yeah, that's his number one guy, and he feels comfortable with him out there. I said, well, yeah, well, Jarvis has four catches on a season for 80 yards in two games. You know you know what that equates to? So if that's your guy, why has he only got four catches for 80 yards? Because it's about the offense. It's not about the guy. He does feel more comfortable with the guy, but this offense is built on moving the ball, not necessarily who you throw the ball to. And I'm okay with some of that. I'm okay with some of that. But yeah, my we thing to, is, you know, just just start getting the ball out. We to your playmakers out a way to make that into a. I'm gonna move the ball, but I'm also understand that I got a guy that gets open seventy percent of the time. Or I got a guy that's open right now and I need to look for him. 
like that to me makes yeah sometimes you just gotta man you gotta just put the ball up to your playmakers and hope they they make a play at the end of the day like like you know what chubb you know what hunts want to do when they're out there but with your receiving core um you know he's like just waiting for guys to get wide open and you're never wide open in the nfl unless you're hey hold on Sometimes you gotta just hit that spot. Hey, hey, hold on. What I was about, what I was about to say is, in the NFL, you're never wide open unless you're DeAndre Hopkins, who was sitting there back in the end zone. That dude made made him two sandwiches and a and a, and a pitcher of Kool Aid back there waiting for the damn football to come. I was like, one of, like, like, how do you leave one of the best receivers in the damn NFL wide open? Don't drop passes. Right. missing you know the podcast so and missing being on air with you so it's good to be back um things are gonna start to get back to normal for me um you know this week so like i said the last time i was on the show we're gonna start bringing you you know more content more consistent you know content and uh i'm gonna keep my word on that so um other than that man i'm gonna go ahead and bid you a good night i gotta get ready to go to work in the morning hopefully i can go to work and not fall asleep well, good luck with that's that. how boring my damn job is, but that's another 
that's another story in, it, <laughs> in, so look, in itself. So. Hopefully, you know, we can we will we get back together on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll be talking about how the Browns won and not how the Browns lost. So exactly, because uh, I'm not. I don't feel like doing a lot like a Thursday. It's gonna be late, man. It's gonna be like midnight, twelve thirty. And if it's I gotta come on here and talk about a loss, I'm not gonna be happy. Happy. No, happy it's, right. gonna be, it's gonna be. Listen, if we lose that game, it's gonna be up. I'm just gonna say that right now. So y'all get ready for the potential of one of the ugliest podcasts ever. Because I won't be happy and Sean won't be either. It's not gonna be good. So. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you again. Tune in on Thursday for our post-game show. And also, check us out for this show on all of the uh, audio streams and the video streams that we mentioned. I appreciate you guys. Peace out. Love you, Sean. All right. Love you, too, my man. You have a good one. You, too, bro. Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go.